Welcome to the Random Horror Show. I am your host, Casey Lacey. And if you in for like a nice little horror treat, um, this feature is Cue the Wing Serpent. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Love those sound effects right there. I am your host, Casey Lacey, and where we have my random thoughts, opinions, and comments on horror, science fiction, fantasy, obscure cult classics in TV, movies, and also I'm adding in the mix of books. Oh, have you guys been doing well this week? Thanksgiving is coming. We are still on our whole month of Thanksgiving of Thanksgiving of New York movies, New York horror movies that has been filmed in New York. Last week we did The Stuff, which was filmed in New York. And this Saturday we are doing Q, The Wing Serpent. Um... Q the Wing Serpent is one of those movies I was a little bit sketch on because I really didn't even know about it that much. Um, the movie came out in 1982. It was also written and directed and produced by Larry Cohen, just like he did the stuff. And of course, it stars Michael Morty, Richard Roundtree, and David Carradine. And for y'all who don't know that movies that were shot in New York back in the 80s and the 70s and probably a little bit um, further down, you didn't have to have a permit to shoot a movie. Well, now you have to go through the city to get a permit to shoot. So all these scenes that, that has been filmed in New York, um, they were pretty much wild, wild west with it. They see a scene and they were like, or they see a spot. They're like, all right, we're going to shoot right here. They did it a couple of times and they moved on. Now, like I said, you have to go and get a city permit to film in New York at any um, suburb or borough or, you know, a neighborhood that is a part of New York. So... That was like the real nice hidden gem back in the um, 80s and part of the 90s where people did a lot of shooting, film shooting is in New York. Now you can come to Georgia and Louisiana. I know Texas was like a mecca, just like New York of filming movies. And now Texas, they, um, I believe in back in, in the early 2000s, where now you have to have like a filming permit to shoot any scenes or movies or whatsoever. So they got smart and they went to Louisiana. And Louisiana is pretty much where basically where I'm from is um, East Texas. And so parts of Northern Louisiana is like East Texas with the pine trees, um, all the glorious like greenery. So you're going to have like scenes where, um, you know, it looks like a shot from like, say like, you know, like, um, how would I put it? Like in a real big city, but it's actually Shreveport or Alexandria or parts of um, Shreveport um, in the Bossier City area where they shoot their movies. Um, I know that um, Ghost Rider was shot 
shot partly in Louisiana. A um, couple of other movies. Um, I had a neighbor that she did. She was an extra for a movie. It had uh, Michael Douglas. And they were shooting over there in Shreveport. So she drove over there by like an hour, an hour, half so just to be an extra in, in a movie. Pretty cool stuff right there. All right. Let's get started with Q, the winged serpent. Well, the movie starts off as this guy, he's window washing. You know, this lady, she's inside the building. This guy's about 40 feet in the air. And she's, she looks like she's like a, um, a merchant or a, um, visual coordinator or something like of luxury goods, like shoes and purses. And she's on the phone with one of her friends and she's like, you know, she's talking, she's like complaining about the window washer guy. And she's like this asshole again. Oh my God. Can he stop cleaning this single window? Well, she's not hearing him outside. He's outside the window cleaning this one single ass window. Oh, she's my girlfriend. Oh my God, I love her. I'm like, man, come on now. Like, stop all that bullshit. Just clean the window. I know she's a pretty lady. Admire her. Say hello. Go on about your business. He still keeps on with the keep on. Oh, he just reminds me of of a middle school age kid <laughs> with this window washing and the squeegee is going on, the squeaking and stuff. And she's like, I can't stand this squeaking. I wish he will leave. Well, there's a mysterious shadow is above him. He looks up. Off goes his head. Dunk. As his body hits the window, she turns around. She screams. Cue intro, cue the winged serpent. So they're just like, oh my gosh, you know, there's this murder. What has happened in her, you know, shaft and like David Carradine, Kung Fu, Kill Bill. You know, Kill Bill's like, wow, this man's head is gone. What the heck has happened? So Shaft's like, maybe it's like a piece of shard glass has like fallen and cut his head off. And Kill Bill's like, I don't think a piece of glass have fallen from, you know, from the building. And there's no such report of falling glass at that time or shards of glass or broken windows on this particular building. And so they're scratching their heads and scratching their balls. You're like, okay. So there's a um, hotel maid. She discovers a body and she screams. The detectives get there. They're investigating this body. Um, they're like, this dude is skinned alive. And one of the detectives like, no, he has been filleted. They're like, what? Filleted? What do you mean? Like, fillet me up? No, man, fillet. He's it's like, this guy has took his time. He was very meticulous of filleting his whole skin off his body. You don't see any kind of rub burns or like knife um, or hacking on the body. It's just very nice and smooth with it. So now you have two murders. You have one that is the window washer. His head is gone. You know, nobody doesn't know where it's at. 
Then you have another body where this guy is totally filleted and he was still alive. And then enter our, I guess he's not our hero, but he's not our, he's an anti-hero, but he's not particularly a hero because, you know, there's not really any heroes in this movie. Uh, Michael Morty, his character's name is Quinn. Quinn is like basically this um, low criminal, low budget criminal. And um, he does jobs for like wise guys. And um, he's basically the driver. He's it's like pre-baby driver. He's just, he's in the car, the getaway car. He's the getaway guy. And they're eating a meal. They're going over the plan and over the job they're going to be doing. Well, Quinn's like, well, I get 20% and I am the driver. I don't want any guns because I do not mess with guns. And there's a guy, one of the um, henchmen, the wise guy, he's like, no, you get 12.5%. I'm thinking to myself, dude, you look like you don't even know how to calculate 12.5%. <laughs> what you talking about and he's like you know you've been out of work for like eight months well Quinn's been in jail for like a while so he's out to the slammer and he wants to pick up that one last that one last trip that one last ride of doing you know bringing in a little money he has a girlfriend also but Quinn wants to go on the straight and narrow so he comes and goes to inside this little bar where he will meet his girlfriend, which is played by um Candy Clark. Um, she's like, Oh my gosh, there's my man. So he goes up to the barkeep. He's like, Hey, you know, I heard you were looking for a piano player. He's like, All right, well, I'll, you know, let you take a dive on the piano. Let's see what you got. He's all tip-tapping, tickling the ivories. And the style of piano and singing that he's doing is actually scat. And scat is actually part of like the jazz, um, the jazz genre. Um, it was very, very popular um, during the jazz um, age right there. And, of course, the barkeep does not like scat. <laughs> He's just basically just looking like, man, I can't be having all this scat whatever crap. In. So he throws a quarter in, plays the jukebox, and here comes some little rinky-dink-ass tunes. And he's just like, wow, you know, this dude doesn't like my scat, you know, my beautiful, which it was, it was beautiful piano playing and beautiful scat. And the girlfriend is like very disappointed because, you know, her man just got turned down just over a simple job like that of playing piano for the customers, you know, while they drink in this bar. Well, Kill Bill is right there. He's getting a drink. Barkeep asking like, hey, have they found that guy's head? You know, he's like, no, they haven't found it. He's like, we don't know where it's at. And Kill Bill, you know, he's like, hey, you know, goes up to Quinn. He's like, that's nice playing. That's pretty good. And Quinn's like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. And he walks off and Kill Bill's like, oh, whatever, I don't know anything now. <laughs> so, so we have like this girl, she is the next victim for Q. Now she is going up to get, to go sunbathing. 
you have a guy that is on his telescope and he is scoping her out. So this is like a peeper creeper, you know, Tommy peeper, peeping Tom guy. He is a peeper creeper. So peeper creeper is like, yeah, you know, he's got that telescope. She took she takes off her, you know, her top. She's putting on the sun tanning lotion. You know, you see New York boobs. He's like, yeah, he slaps that. He slaps that hand against that leg. Like, all right, I'm like in pay dirt right now. I'm get to see some boobs. You know, she's sunbathing. She don't know what peeping at her. Here comes Q. Swoosh. Swoosh that girl up like she a Twizzler. Carries her off. The peeping Tom is like trying to digest like what the hell did I just see? I see a big gigantic bird of some sort come swoop this pretty lady up. So Q is around the city carrying this lady. Of course she's dead. Blood stripping out of the sky, hitting all the New Yorkers. The New Yorkers are like, whoa, what's going on? There's blood, what the hell? There's blood falling down out of the sky. There's people thinking like somebody is just pulling a prank. Blood drips on this guy's car and then it gets on his shirt. He While he was getting out, he looks at his shirt. He was like, shit. I'm like, shit. You act like you just accidentally spilled coffee on you. That's a strange response to seeing blood on your shirt. I mean, I guess when I cut my leg shaving or something, I'd be like, shit. <laughs> like I spilled coffee on myself. That was a really weird reaction to that. But so the New Yorkers, they're getting splattered on by this lady, poor ladies, um, you know, like blood everywhere as Q taking her back to the lair. During this time, Quinn accepts the job. He goes in. He's like, all right, I'm in the car. I just stay in the car. Well, one of the henchmen is like, yo, you getting out? I'm giving you a gun. He's like, what did I tell you guys? No guns. So three minutes in progress in this jewelry store. Alarm goes off. Quinn comes running. He has this bag. He has the bag of diamonds and money. Quinn's like, crap, I left the keys. How do you leave the keys in the building? Come on, kid. You know, you, you, you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the getaway car. You're the getaway guy. You're supposed to be, be ready like that. Put your keys in your pocket. You know what I'm saying? So Quinn goes running with this briefcase. He gets hit by a taxi. The briefcase slip and slides down the street. Quinn is hurt. He's trying to capture this, this briefcase full of diamonds and money. He lost it, you know, is somewhere and just vanished into thin air on the street. He's looking for um, a place to get away because he knows the henchmen are coming along. They're going to get him. He runs all over the city. He finds a payphone. He makes a phone call to a lawyer that he usually uses whenever he's in trouble. And he lets the lawyer guy know that he's coming to this building that he's at. And that like, you know, I'm in trouble. You know, you're going to have to help me out. And he's trying not to look very, he's not trying to look very sketchy at this moment because there's cops driving through that neighborhood where this um, robbery is in progress at this time. So he runs down to the building and the building has a lot of uh, bird symbolisms 
uh, when he goes up on the floor, there is a symbol, little like a statue plaque of an eagle, which is um, foreshadowing and telling you that's where Q resides. So as he goes to the lawyer's door, he's sitting there jiggling the lock, you know, jiggling the door, and the alarm goes off. He's like, crap, really? I just got hit by a taxi. I'm running for my life. I am hurt. I lost diamonds and money. What else can happen this day? Because this is supposed to be his last job, his lucky break, and getting his money and gone about his business. So he runs up the stairs to another part of the building. Um, I believe it's the Empire State Building where they um, supposedly filmed this at. We know it's like part of the set. Um, so he goes up into the building where it's like, you know, it's like a little bit like under construction, but it's like an unfinished part. Um, nobody's not supposed to be there. It's, it's a restricted area. The security guard follows him. You know, the security guard's like, I can't find him. Forget it. <laughs> I just go all about my business. And when he goes up the stairs, so he's like, huh, maybe this is a place, a good place to hide out for a while. You know, nobody don't know where I'm at. Um, so I'm going to go up these stairs. So he goes up this ladder. And what does he see? He sees a huge nest with a huge egg. And he's just like, what in... God's name is this. There is a nest with the hugest egg ever. And for you guys, if I'm just letting you know, as I'm recording this, there is somebody outside jamming. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Get a little, little music right in there. Um, that's just how it is. So back to our story, we were just like, oh... So Quinn's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Um, what a day. So he hears uh, Q. Q's coming in, swooping down, going to the house, you know. So um, Quinn, he sees like all these dead bodies, these bones, these skulls around, and he noticed a charm bracelet. So he takes the charm bracelet as a souvenir, not really a souvenir, but more of like evidence. And, and unbeknownst to him, that was um, Q's third victim that has happened, uh, which is the young lady who was um, topless sunbathing with the New York boobs that just got swooped up and ate the hell up. So he takes her bracelet, he keeps it, he finally makes it home um, to his girlfriend. She's wondering what happened to him. You know, God knows where he's at. He's like screaming at her, telling her, hey, you know, I had a rough day. I slept on the streets. I'm trying to get away from the, the guys and stuff. It's, I don't want to talk about what I have experienced. And she's like, are you on drugs? He's like, hell no, I'm not on drugs. And she's like, Quinn, I have stuck by you side by side. And that's what you get for being a ride or die. Because that shit will get you in trouble. So we see the little bits and pieces of the ride and die chick. You know, he's been in jail. She bails him out. She gives him a place. And which, by the way, that was a very nice New York 
apartment she has. I was like, wow, she works at a bar and she has a apartment like that. That's real nice and spacious, which I've heard back in the 80s. Like rent was pretty cheap and yeah, you can got you can get what you want. So she's like this ride or die chick. And at this moment, she's kind she's getting a little bit um she's getting a little bit tired of the same old song and dance from Quinn. And um she points out that like look if you're gonna hit me again um I'm gonna bust your head with a lamp while you sleep now we know that Quinn not only he's just a little small time crook that he's also he beats on women especially his girlfriend who has been ride or die which that is not good we can tell she has Stockholm Syndrome. She loves him. She's just basically just trying to build him up. But it seems like the glue and the the paper clips and the, the staples are just not holding on him. So he's just like, I don't want to hear it. I'm done. Leave me alone. All right. So Quinn and the girlfriend, they had their shit chat chat and everything. We also have where um, Kill Bill, he goes to a museum of ancient artifacts and mysteries. And he um, he speaks to like the curator, the, um, the person that's over the, um, the museum. And he's given details. He's like, yo, why is this happening? Um, I'm, we getting reports of people seeing a bird flying around in the city. Um, there's been like, three deaths one of the deaths are a guy that has like a wife and children he's also um a professor just all of a sudden just comes up here and he gets sacrificed a human sacrifice and that we and that was it because this guy just just leaves all of a sudden his wife and his kid and, you know, he has a tenure at this um, university and he's a professor and just just unexpectedly just shows up and be a human sacrifice. Well, the um, the history guy, the the um, person that's over, it, he was like telling him about like there's um, um, gods that prefer like human sacrifices. And it's an Aztec uh, Mayan, you know, cultures where. People, you know, just like unwillingly, you know, selfishly like sacrifice to the gods and the God that as the sacrifice was made to was Quisinel or Q for short. So Kill Bill, he was like, all right, you know, okay, thank you for your time. <clears throat> and this is in his head. And he's like, I know this is very, very absurd. Um, you know, he's speaking this to, to the commissioner He's letting him know. He's like, I have a report. I know it is bonkers. I know this is surreal. I know this is, I can't even believe it my damn self, but I believe that all these murders are tied in into a ritual killing of somebody's going around making human sacrifices to this mythical God called Quinzanel or Q for short. And the commissioner's like, Oh, you know, I don't believe in that story right there. So Shaft, 
um, overhears it, he was like, you know, him and like Kill Bill, they're like, uh, you know, we they have like a little bit of like static with each other at work. Um, they were talking about it. Um, Shaft was like, hmm, I don't know. He's like, you know, I don't know about this dog, you know. He's like, you you gotta be serious. <laughs> he, he he really wasn't a bad mother shut your mouth in this movie he was just more shaft was pretty annoying in this movie and i was like this role is sucky for him so quinn here overhears that they are talking about you know all the ritual sacrifice murders that's what's been going on and quinn's like hmm he's cooking up an idea he's like if i can save the city and save the citizens of New York while I can plea bargain myself where I'm not going to get, uh, you know, all my chart, all my charges are going to be dropped and I'm going to get a million dollars, you know, from the city tax free. Cause I don't fuck with numbers like that. Then yes, I'm doing this right now, but unbeknownst to kill bill and shaft, um, during that time, uh, before he got arrested during the connection of the robbery that he was, um, in the two guys, they, the two, the two wise guys, they were looking for him. They were beating on his apartment door. They were looking for him. They're going to shoot through the apartment. He gets away. Um, so he leads them to where Q is at. So unbeknownst to him. He actually made a sacrifice to Q by letting the henchman get ate up by Q. And in some way, like in this whole movie, um, there's like where it's, it's very muddled of like how Q knows when somebody is sacrificing, making a human sacrifice towards Q and and interesting, like, how uh, the, the the parallel of, like, Q, which is the, um, the, the winged monster and stuff in this story. And then you have Quinn, who is the low-bit, you know, low-life criminal. They, um, it's, it's, it's really, you know, like, parallel to, like, how both of them are. But, like I said, it's a very muddled, like, throughout the storyline how Q has like a like a telepathic um sensory of knowing like oh well I don't know who this guy is but this guy made two sacrifices towards me when any what when any way that like Quinn was just basically just trying to shake these guys off of him. So Quinn hears it and his girlfriend comes showing up at the um, station. She's like, make the right choice. I believe in you. I love you. Quinn's like, no, you know, the city owes me. The city like owes me everything. I have been nothing all my life. I've been on these streets. You know, I've just been getting trouble left and right. And you know what? It's about time for me. Me is my time to shine. So she's like, you know what? You're going to be all selfish like that. You know, fuck you. You know, get the fuck out of my face. 
and you know don't even come back to the apartment don't even try to put a key in because your ass is over you're done you know so sister girl got some fucking sense right there she's just like realizing like she just basically wasted her time love and energy on this piece of shit (laughs) because now she sees the light so when she sees the light she's she bounces off she bounces out Get me a swig of water right in here. And for y'all, I'm just letting you guys know. Um, I had um surgery on my throat a year a year almost two years ago. So my vocal cords are a little bit strained a little bit. Um, my voice kind of dips in and dips out and it sounds like I have a hole in my vocal cords, which I actually do. So if you're wondering why sometimes my pitch is lower, then my pitch gets higher, it's because of my vocal cords. But hey, I actually like doing this right here and I just like to, you know, I have the gift of gab with this. I, I really do enjoy this, but, you know, I'm letting you guys know. And like I said, I'm, this is the random horror show, and you're going to hear some randomness from me. So I'm just drinking water right in between here. All right, let's get back to the show. So Quinn, he's like, all right. I can help you, Shaft. I can help you kill Bill. We can capture this big motherfucker. Get everybody in the in the office, you know. So you had the commissioner, you had the mayor, you had everybody in this um, you know, in this room, you had a lawyer also. Quinn's like, look, I have this charm bracelet. And Kill Bill's like, uh, okay, nobody didn't say anything about that the Vict had, like, a charm bracelet. Even Shaft was like, how does he know about this type of evidence? And Quinn tells him, like, I know where this big motherfucker is at. There is an egg up there. There's a nest. I want $1 million tax-free. I want all my charges dropped. I want y'all to leave me alone. I want to become the hero of the city to, to save all the citizens from this madness and chaos. They're like, all right, bet. So they got all of the uh, the squad. They um, went to the building where Q is at. So they go up there. They like, okay, there's the egg. There's the nest. So they destroy the uh, egg, they destroy the nest. Um, Q's little baby comes out and they shoot they shoot it. I mean they just full it just just filled it up with lead. Q feels and knows that okay, somebody in my sanctuary, my baby is gone. So The men are all ready. They have, like, their guns. I mean, they're, like, all posted up, you know, like, we finna be, like, okay, corral up in this bitch, Magnificent Seven. Uh, We going to war with this damn thing. So Q comes. Q goes and attack. They just shooting up, just da-da-da-da-da-da-da. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da, you know. 
So Q's like, you know what? You know what? They're going to be all like that. Fine, I'm going to go fed. So like Q goes fed. Q's like, Superman, them hoes, like off of scaffolds. They're flying out of there. I mean, they're literally taking, and figuratively and literally taking it. It's raining men in New York. So <laughs> so basically you see seeing cops flying out of the sky, like 70 to 60 feet in the air, splat on the ground. Yeah, taking it. You know, very figuratively, it's raining men. Um, rookie cop gets his head knocked off. You know, rookie, another cop, seasonal veteran cop gets like, you know, the cop pop pow by Q. Q's like, yeah. Then you got old Kill Bill. He's like, you know what? He's sitting there shooting that kid. He's like, I got an idea. Later on in another 20 something, 30 some years. I'm going to get the Deadly Viper Squad. So he's like all up in his Deadly Viper Squad, you know, suit of all black. He's shooting at Q. And he's like, pow, pow, pow. They thought they had done the deed with Q. Q leaves. Oh, Bill over there saying like, yeah, you know, God, we got him. <laughs> yeah, got him, got him. Unexpectedly, Q's like, Rawr! <laughs> finna snatch your motherfucking ass. <laughs> Bill's like, oh shit, you know, like, oh snap. And that's one thing I laugh and I say, that's what the hell you get. Is, you know, a lot of movies where they kill a monster or they shoot a monster, you know, they always have like the monster that always comes back for the, for the one last scare. The one last kill. But before that, they have it somewhere in the middle where you think that person got the monster, but instead the monster's like, got said, gotcha, bitch. <laughs> but he almost got got, you know. Bill almost got got. He's like, whoa, you know, that was a close one right there. All right, let's go back shooting again. So they, you know, Q's like, oh shit, they got me down for the count. They got me down for the count. So Q is like flying around, about to, about to die. Q crashes into a building. Also, at this point, Richard Roundtree is dead because Q came and swooped his ass up. Gone bye-bye. Um... They were looking for the guy who was doing all the human sacrifices and rituals. Um, they couldn't catch up with him. Um, Quinn, he finally is like, yeah, I got my money and everything else. Um, Bill was like, you know what? All that shit is forfeit because we just killed the egg. You know, we just killed like the baby bird. Yeah, yeah, you know, we killed the thing. But, you know, you're not getting your shit. So Quinn's like pissed off. He's mad. He's like, fuck it. You know, I hate y'all. Y'all are full of shit. There's like news coverage um, about this bird that's going around attacking people in New York. Um, he's trying, you know, Q is, you know, Quinn is trying to like get famous off of this, but you know, access denied and null and void. So Quinn, he has nowhere to go. Um, you know, he checks into a hotel. He's like, you know, nobody doesn't love me anymore. Nobody doesn't know where I'm at until he hears a knock on the door. He's wondering, he's scratching his head. Why? Who knows who where I'm at? 
He opens the door. Bam! There's the guy who's been doing all these ritual sacrifices on these people. He comes in and grabs Quinn. He holds a knife to his throat. He's telling him, you must, you know, recite the ritual prayer for Q to come in. Quizanel. He calls him Quizanel. To kill Quizanel, you must be a sacrifice to Quizanel. You know, feed the God your blood, your love, your your soul, and make that sacrifice, you know, and you will be worthy of all your sins. And Quinn is like, uh, man, I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. I don't believe in anything. You know, I'm out for myself. And it seems like nobody don't give a damn. I ain't gonna be praying for no damn killer ass bird. So he just keeps on, you know, trying to stammer the guy um, from not slit in his throat here comes kill bill with the headshot boom headshot right there of course you know another 20 30 years he makes another headshot on somebody else which somebody comes back and kicks his ass beatrice kiddo and he thinks the guy's dead of course another scare the guy jumps up bam 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 the guy falls back down. He turns back around. Bam, bam, bam. And he was like, God dang, can this dude die? Can he finally die? Uh, yeah, he finally, finally dies. And that should have been a warning to Kung Fu Kill Bill that when you put bullets in a woman and she's pregnant and she's doing her rehearsal a wedding rehearsal that she's going to pop back up like a zombie and come hunting for your ass and she's going to put that hookadoo of that five palm exploding heart technique that pipe may have showed her because she is worthy and not you and he did not pay attention to that cautionary tale while he's filling that guy up with many many bullets because sometimes you have people that are really hardcore on their faith and their convic and convictions just like this guy who was filleting people and killing people you know human sacrifice to Quinzanel or Q as we call but he learned his lesson at the end so after pumping a guy full of bullets he's like well, Quinn, what are you going to do? And Quinn's like, how you know where at? Where I've been? You know, I didn't let nobody know what's going on. Um, he's like, well, you know, we have our ways. And so you think the movie is over? Not yet. In another building, cross town, close to the historic museum, there is another nest and an egg. And that is our final conclusion of Q the Winged Serpent. Um, I found the movie, it was, it was okay. You know, it wasn't nothing uh, spectacular. Um, you can find this movie if you're very curious on Amazon Prime Videos. Um, I believe you have to buy that. And you can also find it on YouTube for free. 
I don't know if they did DVDs for this, but I found this movie um, on my Amazon Prime and also on YouTube. So, it, Q is a pretty good movie. Um, it's not something that just, like I said, I just wouldn't watch. Larry Cohen, he, um, he, I think he pretty much rocks in the lower budget horror movies where you can actually get, it's like a cheap thrill, but the storylines are not that bad. The storylines are not really that bad. I think it's just more of the execution of them. Um, say what I said, like the whole muddled um with the muddleness of it of where um I think he was trying to convey that Quinzanel is a, a very uh powerful in telekinesis where Quinzanel knew that the guy who was making the sacrifices and like aiding him into like going to kill Quinn and making Quinn as a sacrifice as well as knowing that Quinn made two sacrifices, um, not, not intentionally, but unintentionally. And, um, the sacrifice that he made was I sacrificed these two, um, goons that are like trying to kill me because of these diamonds and stuff during the robbery that, um, I'm really saving my ass. Q is rated R. I think it's about like runs by like 62 to 72 minutes um the stop motion um special effects is pretty good I mean it reminds me of like the old timey monster movies in the 50s um I know King Kong the first King Kong movie was um stop motion action and you have um films like today like Coraline and um, The Nightmare Before Christmas uses stop motion with their special effects. And I do have like a very deep appreciation for that. Even though it can be looking fake and everything. But you know, you got to give it to them. You know, with that. I mean, technology is not as what it is back then. But the CGI, uh, I would... I definitely would appreciate the stop motion more than CGI. CGI can do so much... But the stop motion is really where the magic and the creation of, like, the um, people who really put a lot of work into it. Well, people out there, I hope you enjoy Q, the Winged Serpent, random commentary of horror, fantasy, science fiction. And this is the Random Horror Show. Next Saturday, we are going to be doing Chud, Chud Monster, Chud Monster, starring John Hurd, the dad who, Kevin's dad from Home Alone. He also starred in another uh, horror movie called, it was a remake of Cat People with Natasha Kinkinski, uh, Roddy McDowell, Cornelius, if y'all remember. And no, got him wrong. That's not Cornelius. It's the other guy. Uh, that uh, guy. No, Malcolm McDowell. Excuse me. Pardon me. Oh, I'm getting a little. <laughs> I'm getting a little forgetful. Actually, it's Malcolm McDowell that was on um, Cat People, not Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell did play Cornelius on Planet of Planet of the Apes. It is Rod Roddy uh, blah, blah, blah. Malcolm McDowell who's on there, 
And you also have um, the late, great um, Ruby D on there too. It was like such a gem to see Ruby D playing a very small role um, in Cat People. But yes, we're going to be doing Chud with John Hurd and also an unknown actor. And everybody knows him as Dan Connor, um, <laughs> John Goodman. And also, I've seen John Goodman's house um, in Louisiana uh, about two, three years back. Nice house, nice boat. So next week, we are going to be hearing some random thoughts and commentary on Chud. And that concludes our episode. And y'all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. And thank you for listening.